Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Hello and welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast. Here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and this week I'm joined by the fabulous Libby and Duncan. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, and today we're going to be answering um, some of the most commonly, commonly, apparently I can't say that, commonly um, asked questions about PR and communications. So this is not by any means an exhaustive list, but um, actually some of the most common questions we get asked mm-hmm. by clients or prospective clients. Um, and we're just going to give some really quick, short, sharp answers to each of them. Without further ado, we'll dive straight in uh, with the first one, which is what is the difference between marketing and PR? Yes, it's a really good question. Um, And I would say that um, the line between marketing and PR has definitely blurred quite a lot in recent years. And I think most people in the industry would agree. But I suppose going back to basics, there are, um, you know, a couple of key differences between the two. So marketing traditionally creates demand for a product or service, whilst public creations builds trust with the general public and key stakeholders. Um, So essentially, PR was much more focused on media relations and building those key relationships with journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, essentially, it's the creation of, and delivery of a you know strategic messaging that really tries to inform and persuade the public. Mm-hmm. Whereas marketing much more oversaw advertising, trying to convert customers um, and opportunities into sales. Um, so essentially, PR focused on safeguarding the brand's reputation, um, and marketing concentrated more on boosting sales. But as the um, skills are so transferable and we are living in such a digital first world today, PR and marketing collide, overlap um, and intertwine. Oh, that was an amazing quick fire answer, <laughs> Libby. I was like, how is she going to do that? Because that's quite a big question. Yes. And you actually did it really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I agree. It's actually, it's so blurred now and we do so much more than, um, yeah, like you said, it can be advertising, mm-hmm. newsletters, email series, that sort of stuff, which actually you'll find your PR and communications agency will be able to do for you or you'll have an in-house person that does the lot um I was so tempted to go into more then I was like no we're quick fire no next one next one okay (laughs) Uh, so, so this is this is when we get asked I think a lot which is um can I see the journalist's piece before they publish it 
Yeah, sadly not, no. <laughs> um, and it can be really frustrating, but, uh, especially when the piece comes out and there's some mistakes sometimes that happens that could have been avoided mm-hmm. when someone's name has been spelled wrong or they mm-hmm. use the wrong picture or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually you have to kind of go in and ask them to be changed afterwards. Um, but you just have to make sure all the information you're providing in the first place is tip-top quality and Mm -hmm. kind of reduce the chances of something going wrong. But yeah, journalists can't be seen to be kind of being influenced by third parties on the content they're producing. It's all the journalist and their editor have have the final say of what goes out. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, as you say, it's sort of their journalistic integrity. It's their job to be writing editorial and to be storytelling and you know, it'd be very different if you were creating an advertorial piece that you were paying for, um, in which case, absolutely, you get sign off on what's being said and how it's being said. I think that often is what um, companies and brands worry about is how things are being positioned. And of course, it's a communicator's job to be able to make sure the messaging is seamless and and make, make it uh, so that they can they can't avoid writing about it in a certain way but yeah you can't you can't unfortunately see it before they publish it and approve and approve it i would add that you know you can <clears throat> obviously ask but not never expect to be able mm. to see it and if they do give you the opportunity to see it before it goes out which is rare it's usually only ever to fact check something yes. not, to, not to give feedback on the like copy <laughs> yeah can you imagine <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. journalist relationships yeah <laughs> track, track changes well I wouldn't phrase it like this because um, <laughs> often journalists don't and different um if you think about newspapers or particular titles they have their own style as well don't they their own writing style and you cannot control that that is the way they Right. And you shouldn't control it either. That is their style. Um, so it might not be the way you would write it, but if it's factually correct, then it is, yeah, good to go. Okay. Thank you. Again, quick. Next one. Right. Um, so along the along the same lines, and we do get asked this one as well, is why has the journalist removed a lot of my brand mentions? So maybe they've kept one brand mention in or they've just mentioned the company or brand in the job title so why why would the journalist do that yeah so it can it can be a real challenge I think to get um your brand name positioned within a piece um I'd probably say there's a couple of there's there's you know a few different reasons why but I suppose the, the key again is they don't want to appear biased in a piece um and because essentially they rely on the commercialization of their stories as one of their key sources of income um so you know if if you can usually get one sort of brand mention that that's great but um yeah sometimes we get situations where brands want more than one mention um and you know you it is really tricky to get to get that because then you're sort of asking really for more of an ad, advertorial piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they would sort of start to introduce you to the ad, advertising team um, to have that investment behind it to get that, to get mm-hmm. that to where you want it. We've all done it as readers, haven't we? Where, and I'm sure um, 
owners of businesses have seen it where you might read a piece and think, God, is this journalist being paid by this mm-hmm. particular brand to write? Because all they've done is sort of bang on about them and, and they haven't really talked about anybody else. And you're exactly right, Libby, a, a, a journalist will want it to be balanced and they want to bring different companies in and they want different views. They don't want it to be biased in any way. So, um, yeah, they're not they're not going to keep banging on about a single brand unless quite rightly it's paid it's paid for um which does actually kind of bleed into the next question doesn't it quite a bit which is why is the journalist suggesting it's a paid placement rather than editorial and that can be quite frustrating can't it if you pitch a story to them and then they say this isn't editorial but if you want we can create an advertorial or a paid placement for you for X, Y, Z. And that's essentially from everything we've just been saying, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think um, the key reasons being what, whatever you're providing or wanting the journalists to talk about, it's not either not news or it doesn't offer a fresh angle um, or if you want complete control over the piece, um, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that's the kind of... Um, thing that you that you want then then yeah absolutely um advertorial or an advert placement is going to be um right for you over an editorial piece mm-hmm. absolutely and journalists and publications need their revenue sources as well you've got to keep in mind yeah. that lots of the kind of media we get is often free um mm-hmm. so yeah they're, they're doing their job and trying to find revenue sources for their uh businesses so sometimes yeah. it's nice to support support yeah. these businesses yeah. and do an advertorial with them yeah yeah 100% agree and we do we talk about that in um another episode I think it's maybe a media buying episode and we do, do talk about that how actually you know you should support a it's kind of good for you anyway to have lots of multiple channels and, and things that you're doing but also it's good to support media colleagues and and support them with a bit of revenue mm-hmm. um so next question um, is how can PR support my SEO? That's something we do get asked a bit. Does anyone have any thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, there's there's actually loads of ways, isn't there? Um, uh, yeah, the SEO is a wild and wacky world, but um, yeah, there's all, <laughs> all sorts of things you can do. Uh, so yeah, improving your website SEO, there's blogs and podcasts is a, is a really good one for seo mm. um and yeah another one is obviously getting those links in news pieces that link through to your website mm-hmm. so having links to your website across the interwebs um, kind of boosted <laughs> up the rankings as well but yeah, yeah pr is really good for SEO. yeah and yeah. it's good you know as and you mentioned there duncan sort of the journalist links and it is um you know you have to work harder for those nowadays don't you for exactly what we've talked about in terms of the commercialization and actually journalists publications know the value of a link I was going to say I have actually got an example of uh, something a journalist tweeted on that Um, so they said I have had two PRs emailing me today asking for a hyperlink to their company's website in articles I have written I wish this intensely annoying trend PR would stop (laughs) 
isn't it enough that the company is mentioned without trying to wangle free advertising to girl? (laughs) 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 So yes, it is just as, um, you know, tricky to get those links included in Mm. um, PR content. You know, as as that example shows, you know, can can you hear the siren? <laughs> Are they coming to take you away, Libby? That was that journalist who's like, right, you're talking about links. I'm coming for you. Yeah. You read out my tweets. <laughs> um, but I suppose that you know what you can do is just if you are, are wanting links to be included, just try and make sure that they are needed in the article. So if they get yeah. through like a campaign page, landing page age etc if they're not needed in the article then it's it's unlikely that they'll be included by the journalist yeah no and that's you're 100 right it's you've got to be more you've got to be a lot cleverer nowadays <laughs> in terms of yeah make sure that you create something on your website that the journalist you know has to link to in order to yeah to write that story that you know it's such a great piece of content or opportunity or it could be like a travel guide or that's linked to their story whatever it is that means um they're compelled to include it but it does it is trickier and trickier without going too much into it um PR can absolutely support SEO you just got to work a bit harder at it in terms of and then of course there's the content that Duncan was talking about that still is great for it like making sure you've got lots of fresh blog content um affiliate programs are, are great also because you are generating those links and you're paying for them so yes with an affiliate program but you're much more likely to to help with SEO in that sense okay shush Jenny stop talking go on to the next one right Uh, um, another really big question we get asked um, particularly in relations relation in relation to media campaigns is when can I expect to start seeing results from a media campaign so when pitching to the media yeah so I think it here, it obviously really does depend on the topic you're talking about, um, the niche, the audiences and the published um, publications that you're targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, you know, obviously fairly obvious, but with online um, media, it's pretty instant. So if you're pitching something relevant into a journalist that um, looks after online, then you could get really quick turnaround of coverage um, as opposed to obviously a printed cover, um, printed publication um, mm-hmm. that may take up to four, five months to appear depending on their lead times, particularly mm-hmm. those sort of monthly glossy magazines. Um, so, and oh yeah, you know, for, if you're sending out products for, for review, whether it's online or print as well, you obviously need to factor in um, that time for the journalists to test it out, obviously, depending on what it is, whether it's a lipstick or a new car, like, you know, yeah. you factor in the right amount of time for them to, to review it and then write their piece up. Yeah, and it's a good point is that I think where you talked about lead times, uh, maybe as well, the lead time on a glossy might be three months, but that doesn't mean your piece is going to appear in three months when you pitch either, because that title's probably already full, that mm-hmm. issue. They've already got that content. So as you said, you're probably looking four, five, six months down the line for those pieces. So it's important to remember that both from a planning point of view, but also 
um, from the pressure you might put on the person who is pitching those stories for you <laughs> to see instantaneous results is, mm-hmm. yeah, some of them will will take yeah. a little bit longer. And even if it's the magazine's not full, I think you've obviously got to take in what their um, calendar is, like what topics mm-hmm. they want to include, because they might have space. But I don't know if you've got like um, a new organic serum and the magazine isn't doing serums for seven months, then, you know, you might get coverage then. So that also, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Patience. I think I was going to say as well, it, it depends a lot. Uh, you've got to bear in mind where you're kind of starting from as well. If you're a completely new business, you've got to bear in mind that journalists are also thinking about their audience and they'll think about name recognition and kind of, oh, will my audience know who this company is? Um, mm-hmm. So that can take a while to build <coughs> kind of brand awareness, yeah. even if that's the focus of your campaign. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really helps to have kind of uh, an exciting announcement or some new mm-hmm. stats about how mm-hmm. you're disrupting your space rather than just going, we're new and we're here. Yeah, <laughs> um, look at this amazing yeah. product. Yes, yeah, agree. Good point. Um, okay, next question, um, which is probably quite a big question we were saying earlier, weren't we? So I, I, I'm not sure how we'll sum it up really quickly, but <laughs> should I run an affiliate program? So that's either with media or with influencers. Yeah, so I think essentially we were saying um, it's definitely a good option to look at because there isn't much risk involved in it. Essentially, you know, you um, work with um, another party and you give them a link. And when they make sales through that link, they get a little percentage of the profit. So um, there's no sort of big expensive outlay or initial cost or risk that you would traditionally get with influence marketing whereas you might you know give them a couple of grand a couple of hundred quid or whatever to promote your product um but i think it is important to be 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 realistic um and make sure that you're um aligned on sort of purpose so that it is an authentic relationship because i think we all know if you're reading um an article or a social media post from an influencer and then you're like oh that sounds good sounds like they really like that um and then it's like oh you here's the link i'm going to make some money from it because they have to say that now mm. and they like, oh actually doesn't really <laughs> I don't think they actually really like that product. They're just trying to get some money from me. Yeah, yeah. Important to plan it well. And we talked about actually earlier, didn't we, briefly, um, it can be really good for SEO. So it's definitely worth um, investigating. But yeah, as you quite rightly say, Libby, it's got, you've got to make sure that it's working for you in terms of your objectives and making it really authentic. Um, final question. So for someone who's, we've had, you know, we've never focused on PR before. So what is a good trial period for an agency to see if it's working for us? So I think um, it depends on what your activities and objectives are, of course. And I think there's two elements here um, that I would say, you you know, know, you know, that on one half, it's do you actually like working with these people? And I think you'll work that out pretty quickly, you know, in a couple of weeks, month, um, if the relationship is working in that respect. But again, I think this um, comes back to, it depends on what activity you're doing. So if you're doing just P 
PR and media relations and your goal is to get some print coverage, then really you need to be realistic and expect that it could take three to four months to see those results and not be disappointed if they're not coming through straight away. Um, and of course, you know, you know, we, the agency needs time to get to know your brand, get under your skin and get the messaging right so that what goes out does have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think it's, um, you need that time, as you said, Libby, to kind of get under the skin. There's quite a lot of setup, isn't there, at the beginning. And although agencies can work very quickly, you want to make sure that they've got that time to kind of put the foundations down before they start activating things and getting those results in, which don't happen overnight. Yeah, you do need um, a good amount of time and that good lead time. And particularly where we talked about media as well, if by the time you've created all the content that you need and you've got your strategy and then you go to the media, actually it could be well over six months before you start seeing some of those results. So you need to, as you say, let me make sure that all of those expectations are managed right at the beginning between all parties. But if you're nice and transparent from the start, then um, you should kind of be able to, to agree on that from the beginning. And I think... Is that, that was like the last of the quick fire questions for this week. <laughs> pow, pow. I think we actually did quite quite well at keeping that short. Quite yeah. proud of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there are, if anybody listening, um, if you do want to sort of dive into any of those subjects any further, we do have um, episodes on a few of those subjects. Um, so please just go back, have a look at what episodes are there and have a listen. Or as always, do um, drop us a line with any questions and we always love to hear from you. You can reach us via the website at adpr.co.uk. But otherwise, it was lovely to be in your ear holes again this week. And we'll <laughs> see you next week. Bye. Bye.